You're listening to Yes to Employment, a podcast series that seeks to improve competitive integrated employment outcomes for transition-aged youth and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today, Dale Verstegen, State Liaison for the Yes Center, talks with Keith Banner, Katie Bloomhorst, Stacy Collins, Alex Corwin, and Kelly Shuck, part of the team behind Ohio's multi-agency Employment First Provider Transformation Initiative. They discuss how they have created an integrated approach for transformation to community-based integration and employment services for provider agencies throughout Ohio. The podcast highlights their annual Transformation Summit, Transformation Communities of Practice in each region of the state, direct technical assistance, the role of their consumer ambassadors, and a robust website with a broad range of transformation resources. Stegen here with the Yes Center, and we, we are lucky today to have the folks from Ohio here to talk about their provider transformation efforts. Hi, Dale. Um, I am Stacy Collins. I'm with the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities in our Policy and Strategic Direction Division, and I lead our Community Life Engagement Team, which includes our Technology First and Employment First initiatives. Hi there, I'm Kelly Shuck. I'm the Community Life Engagement Project Manager on Stacy's team with the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities and I work primarily in Northwest Ohio. I'm Keith, I'm the Southwest Ohio um, Community Life Engagement Project Manager through the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities and Stacy's my leader too. Hi, my name is Katie Bloomhorst. I am a service leader with Capabilities, which is a agency provider um, that does employment and day services in Ohio. Um, yes, good afternoon. I'm Alex Corwin. I am a secondary transition and workforce manager at OCALI, which is the Ohio Center for Autism and Low Incidence, um, working in our Lifespan Transition Center. Thank you for having me. So uh, uh, the first question I have for you all is around uh, your transition multi-agency planning uh, that you've been able to do uh, in, in, in the state of Ohio. Stacy, could you give us more information about that? Absolutely, Dale, I'd be happy to. So uh, we in Ohio are committed to multi-agency planning. This is something that we are really proud of that we have been part of for quite some time around, and it started with our Employment First initiative. And this multi-agency planning is connected directly in Ohio to our Employment First Task Force which has representatives from multiple um, health and human service systems in Ohio, including our Department of Developmental Disabilities, which is the organization uh, Keith Kelly and I are representing, um, the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services, Job and Family Services, um, Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities, which is our state vocational rehabilitation agency, our workforce agency, and we actually uh, early on realized that in our ask, so part of the Employment First Task Force, we were given the responsibility of joining together as state agencies and understanding our commonalities. Many of our agencies are supporting the same individuals with developmental disabilities or disabilities and their families. And we really have been asked to come together 
and align our policies, reduce barriers for people uh, with disabilities so that they can get the services and the supports that they need to obtain competitive integrated employment. And through this work, we realize that uh, it is really a responsibility of ours, not only at the state level, but at the local levels to really bring ourselves together and other people together so that we are supporting individuals and families better. Um, a major component of our multi-agency planning work is that we are being person-centered, uh, we're being agency neutral, and that we're being outcome focused. And so we have over the last uh, several years, or actually work started back in 2014, have been working each year to improve our multi-agency planning. Um, and in specifically regarding this multi-agency planning, we have really prioritized uh, youth in our system and transition age youth as they're in school and they're leaving and they're preparing for adulthood and the responsibilities of our agencies to come together um, and reduce those silos and really work better together so that individuals and families aren't having to move between all of our systems and that we're doing our best to make it as um, easy and as simplified as possible and not as complicated. And so one of those first things is we knew we needed to come at the table together. Um, within our multi-agency planning work and through the Employment First Task Force, we have committed to this, uh, to transition age youth through what's called a transition vision work plan. Um, we have very uh, clear identified objectives and goals that we're trying to accomplish together. Um, and a big piece is us coming together as well as working with OCALI and the Ohio Center of uh, Autism and Low Incidence. And I'm gonna pass it to Alex in just a minute. Um, but he um, and their team, uh, the work with us to actually bring teams together at our local level. So at our local levels between school districts and county boards of developmental disabilities and our state uh, regional or local, sorry, VR agencies. So I'm going to pass it to Alex. Yep, thank you, Stacy. Um, yeah, the, our local multi-agency planning project really focuses on bringing in those three kind of foundational or consistent partners that we see at the local level here in Ohio. Um, which is an, an educational agency. So it could be a, a school district, um, an educational service center here that we have in Ohio. Um, sometimes even some of our SSTs, our state support teams, which are Department of Education, um, education staff and consultants that are tasked with helping support districts um, across Ohio. So making sure that we had a, a strong educational partner um, that uh, the local or county board of DD was involved and then our um, VR agency, which has uh, many local offices around the state that, you know, a supervisor, a local um, VR counselor was involved in these multi-agency planning teams in order for them to all to come together um, and, and build that rapport and that trust together locally to talk about maybe how um, things had been done in the past, um, what the vision was moving forward together. Again, as Stacy had said, really try to um, promote the, the employment first principles of agency neutral, outcome focused and person centered um, to help make sure that um, services and supports were as easy to navigate as possible at the local level, that we're all using the same language because um, language is very big. And if we're using the same words that mean different things um, and then how we communicate those to families and youth just can become very, very um, confusing for, for everybody. So bringing together those three foundational partners and then having them work together to identify some additional local partners, uh, which could be you know, our centers for independent living, um, any of our service providers, whether it was um, VR providers or our Medicaid DD waiver providers, 
um, local agencies like mental health, job and family services, um, even self-advocates and family members. A lot of our teams really tried to have a comprehensive team in order to be on the same page um, and then work together to kind of identify um, some strategies to support youth in their area. Um, so what we would try to do is bring these teams together um, and have them go through some um, initial work on um, making sure they had the right people at the table, whether it's an agency or even just specific staff to make sure that um, everyone there was able to contribute, um, was able to make some sort of decisions with the team so that way they can move goals and work forward together, um, but also making sure that they understood each other's roles and responsibilities as agencies working with youth. Um, I think how this really interacted with our provider transformation um, philosophy was that uh, at the time some of our teams were coming together, um, the services were changing. Competitive integrated employment and employment first was now the preferred outcome. Um, services themselves were changing. Um, providers were changing their services or in, or in need of starting to change their services. So in order for our, um, our multi-agency teams to really have an impact with our youth, they needed to know each other's rules. They needed to know each other's processes, eligibility, referral, um, you know, what providers were available, and then what that landscape was going to look like as an adult. Um, we really focused on backwards planning um, concepts and philosophies. And in order for you to plan for an adult life goal for, for employment or community living, um, you really had to understand what services and supports might be available to you, um, whether that was a provider or natural supports. Um, so in order for us to really properly backwards plan as a multi-agency team, really understanding all of the new rules um, that Employment First was going to be that preferred outcome and then how services were going to change. Um, again, it, it came back to now we have new language, we have new services and making sure we are working together to communicate those to families, to youth, um, because we know our services and our supports, our agencies are, are difficult enough to, to manage um, and, and work through, um, especially for families who are doing this for the first time, um, youth that are doing this for the first time and trying to really make um, decisions for themselves. Um, so we wanted to make sure that folks were able to um, have a little bit of information on each other's agencies so that way they could promote themselves and promote each other um, with youth and family to support those um, those com competitive integrated employment outcomes. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Stacy. It's, it's so exciting to hear that what you're able to accomplish at that state level can be uh, in a real deliberate way be replicated at the local level so, uh, as a great service to the to the families and the youth that you're supporting. Next question I have is, is related to my personal experiences having participated in all six of your uh, statewide provider tra or transformation summits uh, where you brought providers together each year uh, and really uh, promoted the concepts around provider transformation. And, uh, and, and my experience with that is those very first ones, maybe the first, the second for sure, maybe even a little bit of the third one um, there was still a lot of, you know, I'm here to learn if this is something I should consider. I'm here to learn more about this and to consider this for our organization. Or in other words, you know, why should we consider provider transformation? And not only as the, has the number of providers that are, are, that are participating in these, these summits growing, uh, but the agendas have changed and the, the, the viewpoint 
of those providers. And so my experience with these last uh, two, uh, even maybe three, is that it was much more focused on the how. And it seemed to be that we weren't having to go back and really start at those initial points as to why should we go to provider transformation. And I think that was very exciting to see. And, uh, and, and so what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask uh, uh, Keith to really talk more about, Keith, how and why did that, that shift occur from, from why provider transformation to how? I think we convened around the why, thinking that it was gonna take a long time for the why to soak in. But I think it, in a few years, as we started building grants and, and requests for proposals, as we built communities of practice, and we built um, the summits, the transformation summits, it all kind of became clear that what providers wanted and needed more than the why was the how, because I think they kind of like, almost we were going at it in the wrong way. And I think having stories that of providers actually struggling to do it or trying to figure it out, how to make the move from facility to community is what really the providers responded to the most. And they also had a practical application aspect to it that allowed them to kind of not repeat the, the, the mistakes. So the business aspects of transformation, the hiring staff, how to train them, all that stuff really doesn't come out of the why, it comes out of the how. So the practicality and the grassroots efforts that we did as we build all this stuff together at the same time, grants, community practice, the summit, just about everything we do as a, as a team, technical assistance and training, all that kind of gets to the how now. And I think if we didn't have the why at the beginning and we didn't have those first two or three summits, we wouldn't be there. But I think at the end of the day, it was always gonna be about the how. It was always gonna be from, not about the philosophy, but the reality and not about um, trying to teach people that why, but teach people the how. And then the why kind of help takes care of itself in a way. And so I think that's really what we did is we just kind of aligned around what providers were telling us too. They wanted models. They wanted to see other people in their field do it so they could kind of replicate it in the way they could. So all that kind of came together. And I think we're at a moment now where we don't have to have a lot of um, noise about transformation. We have to have a lot of action and a lot of like detailed stories of, of how to do it and then kind of move into it that way. And hopefully other providers that haven't really listened before, they don't have to go through that whole litany of philosophy. They can just go right into the how. And I'm gonna pull Katie in now as a provider to maybe talk through whatever you think about this aspect of what we're trying to do. Oh, thanks, Keith. I, I also do think that um, part of it was that the families were asking, the participants were asking. They had heard enough about the why to know I want to be part of it. And so it became quickly like, you can tell me about the philosophy, but when somebody's in front of you that asks for it, then you go, great, tell me how. Um, or I think I know how, is this what you're talking about? Because I've been doing this for a year and now I can be really proud of it. And I think um, some of it was just seeing somebody do it first. And there were a few brave people who said, all right, I'm, I'm good enough, I'll try it. And um, I think that kickstarted a lot of things that people then became interested to go, huh, this is an interesting, Trend. It's an interesting place. Let's let's see what we can do. And it, it became fun. It became a um, it became that you were changing the face of how services could be provided and the things that you could provide could be so much greater. Um, 
So I think that's that was an interesting transition to the transformation. I appreciated the um, the why in the beginning and the opportunity to to talk about it and to hear about it from the other people because like. As Dale was saying, right, it was other SMEs coming from other states. And I think that Ohio also took that to go, that's great. We can do that here. And I'll show you how we do it in Ohio. And there was still room for us to put our own spin on it. And I think you going to those regional uh, opportunities for those providers to talk amongst not only just other providers, but ones that they had more of a either relationship with or at least a proximity to. Um, and, and, and so I think the, the work that you did to pull them together uh, really uh, was very exciting. And, and I think and what we found out is all along they wanted to do the best things that, that we wanted them to do. It's just it was the language and it wasn't, there wasn't a structure for them to kind of talk through and, and get the help they need to do it. So I think we kind of found out through that process that they actually did want to transform, even if they were saying they didn't, because we were, there were too many obstacles in the way. There weren't enough people saying what it was. So I think that kind of built those communities of practice, built that into that conversation too, that maybe you were wanting to transform and you didn't even know it, you know? I think um, it became that there was Keith and Kelly and they were open enough to hear about the, the problems but didn't want to dwell on them and they could talk about it. And it became just that the personality and networking became equally as important as getting to the transformation goal. Um, so we had the right people in the place. Yeah, and I do want to mention that, that within DODD, you have folks that are in those positions like Kelly and Keith, and, and there's a few more that cover these regions. And I kind of looked at them as bumblebees. They were kind of taking pollen from one place and. Uh, introducing it to another place and and pulling those providers together a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I think that role is also important to get from that from that why to the how. Both of these first two questions really does kind of demonstrate and lead to what I think has also been accomplished in Ohio, which is that building of that in-state capacity where you weren't trying to get outside folks to say how this should go, that, that these were their colleagues and their peers. And, 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 and so uh, Kelly, I'd like to you to kind of talk about that. You know, how, did you, how have you grown that capacity within, within your state to really uh, build the kind of support that you have for provider transformation? Sure. So. Going back to what we were just talking about, I think one of the first things that we were able to do is at the department, expand our team as we looked at employment first and then community life engagement and technology. Um, we were able to expand the community life team um, and kind of divide the state up into regions where we could um, focus our efforts uh, on building relationships with the providers and the county boards and the families and the individuals that we're serving within the system. And through that regional model, we have created connections between the providers that are around our different regions. Um, so that they can visit and talk about transformation and some of the um, success stories that have been, uh, you know, that have 
been demonstrated across the region and then also some of the barriers that the providers have encountered along the way. And so we've developed these communities of practice regionally, which have allowed us to pull those providers together. Um, we also have had um, grants across the state for several years, our state funded grants that have allowed us to provide subject matter experts um, to pair with provider agencies to talk about what does this look like for your organization and what and at the outcome of it, what's the roadmap, what's the road show that you're going to have um, moving forward and then take that information and potentially share it with other um, provider organizations across the state so that they can then use it and and pull information from it that they can take within their own organization and move forward. Um, and then I'll also say that through that work, we've been able to, again, move into a place where we have providers that maybe did this a few years ago that can then come in and, and mentor other organizations within our state. And so we're really at a place where um, we have those providers that are willing to walk alongside someone else and and support them through their own transformation and i'll go to katie katie um, has done that um, and is one of our subject matter experts in the state so i don't know if you want to share some insights well i i do i can i can say that even last month um, was phone calls to other providers to say this is happening is this normal what have you done what are you, what are you doing and um, i think right now staffing is um, things that have not been talked about in, with a lot of the providers because we've been able to transition and we've been able to retain staff and they've been inspired by going through the transformation process. Um, and to now have a staffing problem come at the, the end of this is like, oh, we're past that. <laughs> um, and I, I, it's just so nice to be able to call somebody and they know enough about your services. Um, to be able to give you advice, um, but also enough to go, yeah, that stinks, that's bad. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and I, I think that from the, the side of looking at other providers um, and helping them, uh, we have always said the best way to learn something is to teach it. And we have felt that we have empowered a lot of our staff to teach it to coworkers outside uh, within capabilities and with outside of capabilities. Um, and I think that some of the tools that O'Fally also gave us, um, Alex's organization, uh, made that so much easier um, because we were able to use those tools and direct people to, um, to those that they were always there. They just needed to find a spot for them. Um, thank you. Thank you for that, Kelly and for Katie. Uh, your website, uh, could you read off what the website is so that folks that hear the podcast can can find it? Sure. Our website is ohioemploymentfirst.org. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. That is so rich uh, with resources, and you've been building on that website for really quite a bit. Um, is that one of the functions of DODD to do that? And, um, and could you kind of talk about how you've built that website and uh, just give a little snapshot of, of some of the resources that they could find at that website? 
Yeah, so we, this is um, one of the many partnerships that we have with Ocali. So we, when our Employment First initiative um, first came to be in Ohio, one of the main asks from our stakeholders across the state, so people with disabilities, families, providers, county boards, is can you have a place that you can put all this information where we can get to it easily? Um, and can it live on its own site? And so we were able to uh, partner, we were partnering with Ocali on other things. And so Ocali um, and their, their um, website team has actually created this uh, for us um, through a contract with Ocali and has helped us maintain it. I think one of the beautiful things with our website is because of that partnership with Ocali, we are able to get content loaded um, and taken off and keep it updated as best as possible. And so on the Employment First site, um, because of our partnership with Ocali, the design I think was simple and easy to access. We have information about what our Employment First initiative is, um, what is really our vision, what's our purpose, as well as some information about what who is our Employment First task force and what they're doing and what their priorities are. Um, additionally, through our work with Ocali around multi-agency planning, all of our multi-agency planning resources um, live on that website. So the different items that we had talked about bigger today, um, you can find the details about what transition and resources for a person, uh, resources for a regional team, resources for educators. And so that's on that website there. Um, additionally, you will find um, other trainings and information. So all of our provider transformation summit and our transformation series materials are there. You can see previous recordings. Um, you can access on-demand webinars. Um, we just recently finished up a series of roundtable um, discussions with Ohio leaders, which are self-advocates across Ohio, really better understanding what they want and what they would like to see our service system do. Families did the same thing, as well as, of course, our, our subject matter experts and, um, and providers across Ohio. Katie was part of that. So there's resources like that there. Um, and I also just want to highlight a couple other things. I know I went over a lot, but there is information for employers on our website who are interested in hiring individuals um, with developmental disabilities. And there are resources specifically for those job seekers, um, individuals who are look, looking for employment and they're just not sure where to start. And so uh, we partnered with Ocali on this and it's called the Community Life Guide. And so it is actually geared uh, directly to uh, people looking for employment, wanting to live in the community, to just really um, go to and get some resources about what does it all mean, right? Because um, employment, living in the community is, is a journey. And so there's lots of resources um, there. You can request uh, conversations with us. You can request materials. So there's just lots of things. So I hope you get a chance to visit. Thank you all for uh, your time and for sharing all the wonderful work that you're doing around provider transformation. Uh, Stacy, Katie, Keith, Kelly, Alex, uh, you should all be very proud of the effort that you're all making and the fact that you're you're working so effectively together across your state agencies and 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 amongst yourselves. Uh, you have a wonderful team and. Uh, should be really proud of the work that you're doing. And uh, thanks again for your time today. Dale, thank you so much. We would not be here without you. You've been there with us from the very beginning. So thank you so much as well for your guidance, your leadership, your expertise. We're really thankful for you. You've been listening to Yes to Employment, 
a podcast that seeks to improve competitive integrated employment outcomes for transition-aged youth and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today we spoke with Keith Banner, Katie Bloomhorst, Stacy Collins, Alex Corwin, and Kelly Shuck, representatives from Ohio's Department of Developmental Disabilities, working to make all the relevant state agencies work together in provider transformation and youth employment transition planning. For more on Ohio's Employment First Task Force, visit their website, ohioemploymentfirst.org. For more about Yes to Employment, including show notes, links to the resources discussed, a complete transcript, and a schedule of episodes, visit www.yestoemployment.org podcast. You can subscribe through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app to have the series delivered automatically to your device so you never miss an episode. Yes to Employment is a production of the Youth Employment Solutions Center, the National Training and Technical Assistance Center that serves as a hub of information and expertise for the Partnerships in Employment, or PIE, state projects. The Yes Center is a collaboration of TASH and Transcend. You can learn more about TASH at TASH.org and more about Transcend at Transcend.org. That's T-R-A-N-S-C-E-N dot org. You can receive updates from the Yes Center on this podcast and our other activities by following us on Facebook or on Twitter at yes to employment Partnerships in Employment is a series of seed grants funded by the Administration for Community Living's Administration on Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, made to states for the purpose of transforming state disability support systems to competitive integrated employment. AIDD is dedicated to ensuring that individuals with developmental disabilities and their families are able to fully participate in and contribute to all aspects of community life in the United States and its territories. Music for Yes to Employment is an original composition and performance by Sonny Seferati, the co-director and autistic self-advocacy mentor at The Musical Autist. You can learn more about The Musical Autist at www.themusicalautist.org. We'll have another episode on competitive integrated employment for you in the near future.